Let me crack a uh, can of Perrier. Now, if you haven't tried this Perrier and Juice, you are missing out, okay? This Perrier and Juice uh, is one of my favorite drinks. It's one of my favorite things to drink. It's just uh, Perrier. I never really liked the taste of regular Perrier, but I like the taste of juice mixed with Perrier, if that makes any sense. I actually used to um, mix my Perrier with juice. I would get some... Uh, I would get some regular juice and I just pour the Perrier inside of it. I loved it. If you are listening to this, you're probably listening to it on Spotify or Anchor. Maybe perhaps you're on iTunes or wherever it is that you may get your podcast from. All right. If you're watching this, you're probably watching this on YouTube. I would like to say thanks for checking out my channel. And don't forget to subscribe right here and go to high time or go to not high times. That's back in the day. Let's go to high phrase uh, where you can join uh, Reef and I every single week as we do a podcast. We've got an interesting one coming up this week because of uh, all the nonsense that's happened around Trump and around our world and around Canada. So. Uh, it's a um, it's a weird time, a great time for podcasts, but a weird time uh, to be talking about stuff and to be living life on this planet, man. It's crazy. You know what? My main issue in life, and I'm going to divulge this right off the hop because it really has to do with our talk on this uh, episode of Mike on Mike. You know, my main issue in life is that, and this, people don't know this because it's not something I throw out there. I don't look for sympathy uh, I don't look for any kind of, uh, you know, someone to relate to me. I don't need any of that in my life. Okay. I am basically, um, a pretty self-sufficient guy when it comes to emotions and when it comes to, uh, just walking on the earth, you know, I'm a solo lone wolf. I'm a lone wolf. And, you know, a lot of times I've tried not to be, but I, I am. And one of my main issues in life is, and I'll explain this to you guys, you know, about 20 uh, some odd years ago, uh, I was diagnosed with a uh, personality disorder when I was a kid, I was a young kid, and they kind of somewhat uh, diagnosed me, but then didn't really do a true diagnostic test and find out exactly what's happening. I really didn't find out anything until I was maybe in my uh, 30s. And my girlfriend, my wife, uh, got me to go for a, a sample test. So this is a place where they take your your uh, spit, your saliva, your pee, and your number two juice, and they put it in a container, not all in one, different containers, and you send it down to the States. And then what happened after that is they tested it, and then they send you the results back um, to see what's going on with your brain and what's have you. And man, mine was all over the place. Like... He was shocked that I hadn't tried to commit suicide. I hadn't commit suicide. You know, he was shocked, man, because of the the sadness uh, of my brain and the stuff that was happening to me. And I found out I have a borderline personality disorder, a mild case of AVPD. If you've ever heard of AVPD, it's avoidance personality disorder. So basically what happens is, you know, I try to avoid uh, social situations or situations with people that give me anxiety. And I almost go to the point where I sabotage my relationships. Um, if I feel, you know, if I feel any kind of guilt or sadness or anything, I don't have, uh, it's very difficult for me to deal with that. So I just ghost most people. Like I'm often without friendships. And really, I can only handle being in a romantic relationship with one person. And basically, I have been my entire life with my girl almost since 92, which is a long time ago for all you kids listening. It's in the 1900s. Thing is, I want to have relationships with people. It's not something I'm trying to avoid, but I want to have relationships with people. And I fe- But I feel extreme anxiety about interacting with people I want to be close to, if that makes any sense. So I avoid them. And if that even <laughs> makes sense, right? So I want to be with people, but yet I avoid them because I go through so much anxiety on having to try to connect that I can't just relax and have relationships. So it takes special people for me to be in relationships with and it sucks. It's been like that for a long time. You know, I fear criticism a lot of the time. I fear judgment, even though it's probably not coming my way. You know, I've had to learn over the last decade or so 
to talk about my fears and insecurities and learn to put all my issues out on the table in order to feel like I'm not being judged. You know, sometimes I, sometimes I honestly, I believe I'm inferior or not worthy of outside judgments. So that's what makes me avoid potential judgment. I internalize all criticism so much that I believe the hostile perspective is justified against me. And it never is. It's just in my head. And this is a part of a personality disorder. It's really crazy to live with. I mean, my perception is distorted to the point that I don't even see myself as I am in reality, let alone how the world and people around me really are. You know, it's as if, um, it's as if I'm avoiding others. Um, it's as if avoiding people and social situations is a way of avoiding my true self. Yet I continue to live with these fears and all this distress, you know, withdrawing further and becoming severely isolated. You know, you know, I have a phone call come in, right? And like, I have a crazy amount of anxiety when my phone rings. It's overwhelming to the point where I, it almost cripples me if my phone rings off the hook day and night. So I turn my phone off a lot of the time, you know, or going to a doctor or, you know, going into a professional building, you know, gives me anxiety, you know, even having an unexpected visitor knock at the door, it will immediately send me into a panic attack where I can't answer the door. I mean, my phone, honestly, like I said, is turned off maybe 80% of the time of my day because every time I turn it on and it rings, I lose my mind. <laughs> and that's a tough thing. It's hard when you're an entertainer and you go into panic attacks every time something happens, but that's my life. It's debilitating. And honestly, it takes me about a year to be comfortable around someone without being fake. You know, I have to be fake a lot and I hate it. You know, I would sometimes go to a party or even just hanging out with someone I barely knew. And I'd have to be fake to make it through that time. People don't understand this part about me. That's why I'm exposing it on the podcast. And most people I know in my life take it personal. Like if I book to meet somebody and I'm supposed to meet them at two o'clock and I back out last minute, it's because I'm suffering big time. And in that moment, I feel like I just want to shrink away and go into a dark room and disappear. It's that simple, man. I hate this part of my life. But I need to keep my stress levels low or at a minimum or I'll fall apart. Now, don't get me wrong, okay? When I say this, don't get me wrong. Tasks, you know, work, creative projects that cause me stress are fully manageable for some reason. It's, you know, once I come to grips with the social aspect of any event or job or, or project, or whatever, then I'm fully functional. But until then, I'm a mess inside, hot mess. Inside, my brain's going crazy, but I'm a cool customer on the outside. Like, you would never know I'm having a panic attack. I've been so good. I've learned how to control that. And with that said, I've learned how to control how people perceive me, right? Until they get to know me. Then you see the truth of who I truly am. And that's why my relationships are few and none because I don't want to be fake. But with that said, you know, here I am 40 some odd blah, blah, blah years later, and I've grown into a compassionate and I think empathetic person. You know, when I'm able to relax and be in a relationship with you, guy, girl, then things are great. Really, it just takes time. And sometimes it takes longer than others. Um, I've had to have a lot of people, I've had a lot of people let me down in my life 
people that I thought were important and people who said that they loved me only to have them disregard me or take it away. And to be honest, those relationships broke me. You know, I've had to build myself up every time it happens. And and people are like, oh, it's just break up. Friends aren't supposed to be forever. Yeah, but I take it too hard. I take it too personal. I've had a lot of people back out on me because of differences. And, you know, maybe they just were going a different direction, whatever. And I take it too personal. You know, I, I take friendship breakups as if they were relationship breakups. It emotionally cripples me to the point where my life will fall apart if I'm not careful. You know, my girl sees it all the time and always warns me about people because she can see where this is headed. I've been with her basically since 1992 and she gets me. I believe though in time. You know, I've done a lot of time in prison. I've spent most of my life with one girl due to basically many years of friendship with her. I, I believe that anything can be accomplished with effort and time and a strong belief system. If you're focused on what you want to accomplish, you will make it happen in time. And for me, I've learned that with relationships, it just takes me time, right? You can't just have a sp sporadic, you know, fun relationship with people. Yeah, it just won't happen with me. You know, time is all we really have in this life that all of us can relate to. You know, we all die. You know, we all make choices on how we're going to live and spend our time, right? Time is what we don't have enough of and honestly, we have too much of. And both are seriously destructive in their own ways, especially for me. You know, I choose to spend my time focusing inward. And not worrying about a lot of things that are happening around me. After years in prison and flailing in life, <laughs> making bad decisions after bad decisions in regards to my time, I now choose to be as stress-free as I possibly can. Another thing you might not know about me is that I want to live to 120. I think about this all the time. I really believe that I can do it. I believe that if you don't have certain illnesses and you have a positive state of mind, you keep your stress low, you can achieve any age you want within reason. I think even further than 120. It's possible. A couple things though that I believe in about getting older is that one, you need to stop eating as much as you get older. Uh, you need to get rid of meat. You got to get rid of dairy. Um, you got to get rid of sweetener, you know, natural foods only. Easier for your digestive system and your brain to cope with. But even if I eat this stuff, I don't stress about it. You know, if I eat a piece of chicken because I'm starving, I ate some chicken or I drank a chocolate milk, I don't stress about it. Yes, I know that it's bad, and I know that's whatever. It is what it is. But it's just chicken and chocolate milk. It's nothing to go crazy about. right? I believe that the stress of breaking your diet is way worse for you than the actual cheating. <laughs> right? The cortisol that's released is way more damaging for your brain and body than the actual calories or you know, whatever food it is you're eating. The polluted food, the polluted meat and dairy. You know, I believe also if you want to live a long time in this world, you have to use science and technology for your advantage. You got to stay on top of all research and strive to live longer, right? Not live faster. We all just want to live life. We want to live life to the fullest. You know, some people go into the world, they want to live life to the fullest. I don't care if I die young. Well, I'm opposite. I'm going to keep my living down and I'm going to pace myself because I want to live long. I want to know what life is like in 2195 or 20, I guess it'd be 2095, 2195 might be a, a little bit of a stretch. I also think, uh, you know, just to get 
to 120 or to get old safely is you have to cook constantly your own food. Keep your own food. Don't eat out, right? It does a lot of things. You can control what's in your food, but also keeps your brain focused, you know, on how much you're consuming. You know, go to less restaurants. Make food at home, right? Don't become complacent with diet by just eating what others cook you. Cook it yourself, right? Go to a restaurant. Oh, I don't know. You're going to cheat if you don't have everything in there, right? And they're not going to make your special cauliflower rice, you know, meal. You know, you're going to have to eat what's in the restaurant. But just realize that the restaurants are poisoning you for flavor. Trust me when I say this, right? Restaurant food quality is masked by flavor. And even though it's a great luxury to eat out, don't do it if you plan to live a long life. Just don't. Eat at home. Honestly, if you want to live long, here's one other thing you got to stop doing. Don't exercise so much. They tell you, oh, get your heart rate up and burn fat and stay lean. Oh, no. Your heart only has so many beats, mofo. Moderate level exercise is the absolute best. Don't bring your heart rate up. Training like an athlete as you grow older is going to kill you faster than you know. Look at all those marathon runners that die of heart attacks. They were in such good shape. I don't understand how he died. Your heart only has so many beats. Your body being in top physical condition is not what's going to make you live a long time. What's going to make you live a long time is your brain. Your brain controls every aspect of your life. All right, so you got to keep that glob sharp and stay in the loop of life. Your brain controls the length of your life and the quality. And as long as you continue to challenge it every single day, you will live long. Look at all those older guys and gals who are 100 and totally focused. You see them on uh, Good Morning America or any of these stations, you know, feel good news. Hey, let's say hi to, you know, this person's 104 years old. Let's say hi to this person is 100, you know, and three years old, right? They're all focused. You ever see when in gym, they're like, wow, you're like 98 and you talk like you're 40. You ever see those people? It's amazing, right? Right now we have way more centurions who are exercising, doing crosswords, going out for walks these days. That's just it. That's kind of the secret. People are living longer because of their lifestyle and belief system. And that's what it comes down to, having a strong belief system that you're going to make it to 100 or longer, like me. Now, some people go crazy eventually. And, you know, that honestly, I believe is a buildup of prescription drugs use, alcohol, stress, you know, hormones and food. And mainly, you know, people go crazy because they don't have a balance in life. You know, balance, I mean, as in doing things that don't cause stress. And if they do cause stress, you know, you got to balance it with fun or non-stressful activities. But unfortunately, in today's COVID world, there is a lot of stress. And this is a big test. This time right now is a really big test for future centurions. You know, we've suffered a uh, loss of career right now. You know, we suffered a loss of, you know, relationships. You know, people have died who didn't deserve it. And it's sad. It's a sad, sad time to be pushing 100 years old. But if you get through this COVID time, you're going to have a smoother sailing to the finish line. And we all have to remember that there is a line when we are done. This pandemic has made us realize that death is even more of a reality than ever. And that line has gotten closer for all of us. But what's really happening here? Hey, what's really happening out in our city, wherever it is you're listening from? I'm here in Vancouver, BC. Well, let me break this down um, really easily for everyone. All right. This time that we're in right now is a time of truth. You know, living in reality and the truthy reality is more important than ever. Understanding why this is happening right now is way more important than actually doing the things we have to do to get through this. And if you really look at the news or watch the behavior of our fellow men and women, you know, you will see that this is all about two things. Well, potentially three things. 
but definitely two things, money and power. Both, by the way, which you need to live to 120 years old. Money to live and the power to stand up every morning. You know, got to have strong legs to live to 120. And your brain power, you know, to think yourself to the next day and then the next and the next. So money and power. If you want to live long, you got to have them. But the question is, you know, what are we being pushed towards? Like, think about this. The lockdowns and the quarantines, you know, the restrictions and the, you know, shutdowns of things, you know, the minimal interaction, the social distancing. You know, small businesses as we speak are dying on the cross thanks to Amazon and Walmart. And when this is over, we will be down 72% in local business. That's mom and pop stores. 72% will be down. Jobs will be scarce unless, of course, you want to work for Amazon, who is building a giant 10,000 job facility in downtown Vancouver at the old Canadian Post building. Or you could work for Amazon when this is over. Who is proposed to control over 50% of all North American jobs by 2022? Opening distribution centers in our broken down malls. We'll have no choice because there will be no jobs. We'll have no choice but to let Amazon into our towns to occupy dead real estate buildings and offer jobs to people who to control the machines because the machines are going to take over. We're going to be slaves to machines that just did our menial, you know, minimum wage jobs. They'll be gone. Now we'll all be supervisors. Do you know that the main Amazon fulfillment center employs 1 million people? That's the main one, the one that basically started it all. They have just over 175 fulfillment centers, uh, fulfillment centers around the world, right? It's like setting up troops on a risk game. Jeff Bezos is just placing Amazon buildings everywhere, getting ready, conquering countries in a slow, slowly worldwide. But, you know, its main location or main objective is obviously North America. And its largest fulfillment center is in Aurora, Illinois. Uh, and believe it or not, it's a 1 million square foot facility. Now imagine if they did that in every city. They wouldn't do it in every city. They do it in regions, right? But its buddy, its cousin, and the demise of humans, Walmart, is actually the biggest employer in the world. It actually employs uh, over two and a half million people worldwide. Think about that. Two and a half million people worldwide. Population of Vancouver, pretty much, is employed by Walmart. But when you break it all down, these giants are just doing the bidding of, yes, our government. This is truly what's happening during this COVID retreat time. We're getting back to the good old days where people trusted and listened to their government. Only this generation is not controlled by fear, but by retail spending. You know, the more we rely on controlled retail, the more we will be controlled. And the government has figured that out. Think about it. All right, let me pose a couple of things to you. Marijuana was a crime up until about two years ago. But now it's controlled by the government, not illegal. Feel free to smoke weed, but you must buy it from the government of Canada or the government of the United States. Soon, mushrooms will be controlled by the government as well. They're legalizing mushrooms. Soon, that will be controlled as well. Vape. Government knows there's too much of a there's too much of a um, there's too much of a uh, community around vaping. That is a very select community, isn't it? like you know the worker tradesman stops at the thing, you know, buys cigarettes and goes, doesn't even think about the you know the social aspect of tobacco and cigarettes. But around vape, there's a social aspect. People are protesters and they're you know they buck against big tobacco so they have a cause and a purpose so it's harder for the government to get in and control that but we're getting to it you know we're getting back to that point we're getting to the point where the government 
is controlling every aspect of what we consume from fruits and vegetables to illicit drugs. They're making us reliant on them once again for our livelihood and recreational events. So that's how it used to be. Some of you don't remember when the government had this much say on everything. You could just do things. There's times you didn't, you didn't have to, you know, get insurance through ICBC or even wear a seatbelt. You know, there were no drinking driving rules when I grew up. There's lots of things. We'll go over that on high phrase with uh, Arif. Um, this pandemic, back to the pandemic, this pandemic has conveniently pushed us into ordering online and being cool with it. Think about it. Top Hat. You ever go on the app Top Hat? Top Hat uh, is a is a crazy shopping site that allows you to bid impulsively on cheap crap and then it's delivered overnight to your door. Right? You bid on it. You're like, oh my God, I just love that umbrella with, you know, dog on it. And you order it and you beat out other people and they, they put this push and this urgency for you to have this. Right? And then you order it and then it comes to your door and you feel like a douchebag after. <laughs> Right, that's top hat. Check it out. Amazon made seventy billion dollars during this pandemic. Right, because we're now forced to order from monopolies instead of mom and pop stores, and this is killing our motivation and will to live. In some cases, some cases, uh, it has allowed big companies to get bigger and small companies to just roll over and die. This is this time is the great monopolization of retail. And most of us don't even recognize that it's happening because here we are, you know, scrambling, trying not to get sick, right? We got our COVID government checks, our free money, our taxable free money that is blinding us from the changes that are happening right in front of our face. Our government of Canada or the states is setting things up for conformity and killing the small guy is the most important step free thinking business owners who have invested their lives into their business are now being sacrificed in order for the government to be able to take control of them and retail and the money Regulations and laws in the weed industry, the vape industry, and other retail sectors are making it tough for regular people like you and me who don't jump on the government nutsack to make money. It's easier for governments to control one company, one monopoly, as opposed to trying to control 50 companies. You know, I spoke about uh, transitions in life in the last podcast. And the what we're in right now is a true transition period, like we've never seen before. The Industrial Revolution was one transition period where we went from, you know, digging ditches to, you know, creating a shovel. Digging ditches with our hands to create a show, the Industrial Revolution. You know, paper, the, the paper press came. That was a huge revelation, right? The tech revolution was another big one. This is the monopolization revolution, and we weren't ready for it. But we weren't supposed to be ready. They couldn't let us know that, you know, things were changing and that they were going to take away physical cash eventually this generation. And that there would be a period of time where no one had jobs, and we're forced to lean on the government and some people might die and a lot of you will ruin your relationships and marriages 
and you will be forced to adapt to technology. If they told us this way a long time ago, we would have rebelled and denied them. Something would have happened. Black lives matter wouldn't be that. It would be human lives matter because we would be fighting the, the eventual takeover with AI against... That's still to come. That's probably still going to happen. We would purposely hoard cash. Toilet paper would be nothing, right? People would be hoarding cash or, or hoarding things that they would be able to... They think that they would be taking into the next phase of life. There would be a mass panic of people scrambling for jobs that didn't exist. Suicides would be on an all-time high like they are now and serious upheaval of communities would happen. You, you don't think so? Check out a Walmart that rolls into a small town. You know how many jobs it creates? Lots. But you know how many heartbreaks it creates? Businesses dying? This is it. This is part of the transition. This period that we're in right now is a total transition period. We're, I mean, we're, we're talking about solar power again. Electric cars by 2030. AI technology is slowly becoming very familiar to us. Alexa, Google, Siri, all these chicks giving us information. This is the first step towards the next evolution of our species and we're in it and there's no turning back think about the world's problems uh, we have that can be easily solved with the advancement of artificial intelligence and if you think about it it's all to solve one of our biggest issues in human life which is the lack of time you know the average 40 year old person is balancing right now taking care of kids and pets and older family members leaving very little time for self-improvement little a little time to look after themselves very very small and what do you do you probably drink or smoke something right forget your worries that's how we take care of ourselves right now so time is a factor in our lives growing up you know we would spend countless hours Christmas shopping, right? Remember, remember this? I'm, I'm saying remember this because it only happened less than a year ago, but it will change this year. You know, we'd search and try to find the perfect gift for little Bobby, you know, and we go to 10 stores, some malls, some mom and pop boutiques, right? We'd search, 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 find the perfect gift, spend two, three days Christmas shopping. Now, we can save time and usually probably money by doing everything online. You know, how great is that for the transition people, for the government? Your money is counted and transferred from your bank account or your visa and every transaction is taxed and they get their taxes. There is no hiding cash or wasting time, right? AI is making life easier. Think about that person uh, who's juggling aging parents and growing kids they have no time come over to my house hang out no time come travel over here no time no time right ai is going to take care of all that for the 20 somethings that are alive right now uh that are coming up next to look after us you know you look at a 20 year old right now and if that 20 year old is going to be in charge of you when you're old you better be worried <laughs> Be worried, man, but don't be worried because I believe that when I hit 80, you know, I'm going to have a robot companion to do everything for me. I won't have to worry about social anxiety or my non-judgmental from my non-judgmental robot. All right. I'll be cool with it. My anxiety levels will be low, <laughs> right? I'll have my non-judgmental robot being around me. Goodbye avoidance personality disorder <laughs> hey have you ever side note have you ever watched that show has anybody seen that show called um raised by wolves talking about our future kids being raised by robots it's going to happen whether we like it or not and this pandemic is the seed that's planted to get us comfortable with the progress that is coming 
folks get used to asking Siri historical information. And if you have, you know, instead of going to grandpa, you know, if you have self, uh, if you have self-isolated right now because of the pandemic, chances are you've been talking to Alexa more than ever. And folks, honestly, this is the ultimate plan. Just remember, power controls the money. Money is still the power. No matter how much you take away from us, you want to take cash from us and tax us, money is still the power. You have money, you have power. Think about our lives. All right. Now, right now, we're gearing up for the second wave of COVID. And what are they telling us? Stay inside, isolate, right? Small groups of people only. It'll prevent mass, you know, contagion. No. What small groups of people do is it prevents mass uprisings and rebellion. And they know that people are starting to rebel against government and are starting to rebel against powers that be. And so, you know, this pandemic is a convenient way to get people to go in small groups. Or what? We will fine you. We will fine you. If you're in groups of more than six or ten or whatever it is, you get a fine. You get taxed because of it. How about this? Wear a mask or you can't come inside the store. But everybody else is wearing a mask. What's okay if I just slip inside real quick? Do you ever go to Walmart? They have a little guy standing there, security guy, old man, who hands you a mask with a pair of tongs just to go inside, make you feel like an idiot. I, I, my friend was walking into Walmart without a mask, and she just blatantly ignored the little security guy, and he's like, hey, miss, miss, and chasing after her, miss, 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 Right? And she's like, what? I don't want to wear a mask. I, you know, I have asthma or whatever. And the guy's left her alone. That's where we're at. Judgment, shame. She walked down, he judged and shamed her. It's all just a means to get you to stop going into Walmart to buy it with your cash and start ordering it online with your credit card. And we'll have it at your door tomorrow. Don't worry. Pretty soon it's going to be at your door in an hour. Those days are coming. No restaurants. J- fine. I'll, I'll just do skip the dishes and, you know, the food will come to my door. Fine. No cash at skip. No cash. DoorDash. No cash. It's all credit card. Just pay on credit and you're good. Have a nice meal at home with your family and your dog. You can't bring a dog to the restaurant. Have it at home. Having us focus on not needing cash is the mission. And people, it's happening. Ever go into a place that doesn't accept cash? It's mind-boggling. Ever go to the thing go, here, I'd like to pay cash. Oh, we don't accept cash. Why? You ever ask them why? They're like, well, we just don't. There's no excuse. Cash used to be king. The government hates cash so much. Think about this. They even crack down on people getting tips. In our industry, in our hospitality injury, in, in, uh, in, in industry, taxing their tips, right? They're encouraging people to leave tips on credit card because it can be controlled. Encouraging us not to rely, and in some cases, in lots of cases, hate the notion of having cash around. Oh, it's dirty. It's got COVID. Rendering it useless in this evolving disease-filled world right now. Money carries COVID. Can you imagine that? Money carries COVID. It didn't carry the flu or anything before. Before, it used to carry cocaine, residue, and uh, germs. But they still took it. Now it carries COVID, and we can't take it. Give me a break. No cash, people, means no black market. The black market will become the biggest bartering system in the world, and it will be bigger than the Romans. Trading work for drugs, drugs for clothes, used clothes for home accessories. It's going to be a world of Craigslisters. right? No black market means all taxes paid to the government. So they want it gone. They will know what we make, 
They'll know what we spend and they will get every single, you know, unused cent of taxes from us in order to pay for this little transitional period that we're in right now. Where do you think in Canada, the $30 billion that we've spent till the pandemic is going to come from? Where do you think it's coming from? Oh, big companies are going to pay for it. They're already paying, before COVID, they're already paying for stuff. They're already paying for welfare. They're already paying for MSRP. They're already paying for all that, or MSP, sorry. Right? Taxing us is one thing, but successfully making us conform is the long-term plan. When all of this ends, we will have lost about 49% of all jobs. All right, there is a major depression on the horizon. Mass migration into homelessness is going to happen. The middle class will be completely gone. And all that's going to be left is going to be either poor or living. That's it. You'll have a choice. You'll be poor or you'll, stay, or you'll be alive. Right? This CERB money that we're getting in Canada, this $2,000 a month or $400 or $500 a week, whatever they're doing, it was a hook and lure. And most of us ate the bait. We were supposed to do this. This was supposed to happen. Just like uh, when Orville and Wilbur took that first flight, they risked death in that death trap, but proved in one instant that evolution could happen. Since the beginning of any sort of evolution in our world, we have needed guinea pigs. Since the very beginning of human existence, it's like the first person who ate meat, uh, the first caveman who ate meat on the fire. We have needed somebody to do it first to see if we can take that next step as a species. This CERB money that we're getting, this free money from the government is all a test and we are failing. They needed to test the system. They needed to see, you know, the cost and control factors, right? Can we give a population, uh, you know, some free money and change the way that they conform to the system? Here's some free money, do this. Here's some free money, do that. Here's some free money, stay home. Here's some free money, spend some at Amazon. Can we force people to become socialists by holding their hand and teaching them to force, teaching them by force to adapt to this new system of living. And to the government, this is way overdue. Right? They needed to test the system to see if it would break. And you know what? It didn't. The system is strong. And we're helping it. Now, don't get me wrong. And don't be fooled. Socialism is alive in Canada and you're going to start hearing more about it. You're going to start seeing parties running on that platform. And I really believe that Canada is going to be the first country to adapt. First North American country to adapt. Mexico will be second and then the States will be third. And because of this move to socialism, we will finally take our place in the annals of time as a superpower. Canada will finally have its chance to look to to run the world. You know, they're going to look back at Canada and say that we were opportunists of hegemony, uh, which is basically being in power. Your line, your turn to be in power. You know, Canada to be powerful will use water, um, and they will create a socialistic society, a little sharesy society <laughs> to get the world on our side. It's going to happen. We have gas, we have oil, we have room for people, right? We're nice, you know? So I won't go too long, but with this rant, that I was on, I want to bring it back to me. <laughs> right? I mean, what I mean is I want to bring it back to the point I started out with before I got sidetracked <laughs> as usual. 
Um, with all this said, one other thing that you need to do to live to 120 is conform. I'm a conformist. I've been trained to be a conformist. I've survived by being a conformist. I have to be. I mean, all my life, I fought the system. My entire life, I have fought the system. From foster homes to group homes to juvie to prison to federal prison to Mexican prison to all these places, man, I have fought against the system. But as I get older and as I live longer and healthier, I realize that the world I grew up in was just a developing world. And this world that we're in right now and that we're evolving into is the next evolutionary phase of humans. We're It's blossoming into the future that we dreamt and imagined about when we were kids. From the flying cars and the magic potions to live longer. You know, everything, technology talking on our phone. Soon we won't even have phones. We'll be just talking beep, beep, beep with our brains, right? I realize, but we're here. It's all here. The neuron implants from Elon Musk. That's the next five, 10 years of our life. It's going to be battling neurons and how invasive is it? And do you really want someone in your brain to connect with you? Now, when I say that I'm a conformist, I don't mean that I'm a sellout or that I'm scared of anything. It just means that I get the ebb and flow of the world. I want to live to 120. So I have two major psychological objectives. Physical is one thing, okay? Keeping your body strong is one thing. But the mental game required is even more important. And there's two things do you have to do, summing this all up, if you're going to live a long life to 120 like I do, one, you have to stay in the loop. When your brain thinks it's old, it will get old. As soon as you give up and get trapped in the decade or the generation that you're from, that's when you start aging. And staying in the loop is even more important as you get older than it is when you're young. When you're young, you stay in the loop to be cool. But when you get older, you stay in the loop to, to stay alive and to keep the brain sharp. People are always doing like crosswords and, you know, um, you know, going out and exercising, and doing math problems and all that. That does nothing. You have to stay in with the trends, right? And the one big thing that got me was uh, the jeans, jeans. Now, jeans, like jeans that you wear, uh, jeans that you wear are a total sign of staying in the loop. Think about it. Boot cut, straight cut, you know, bell-bottom jeans, skinny jeans, ripped jeans. Jeans define a generation. So if you stay in the loop with the jeans that you're wearing, then you'll stay trendy in, in fashion, right? It's true. If you're... If you right now are wearing, you know, some Christian Audige jeans or some Rock and Republic, remember? Those jeans from 2010, 11, 12. People can tell, dude, you're so 2010, right? They know those are old jeans, right? Now it's skinny jeans or ripped jeans. So jeans are a big one. Music, movie, you know, anything pop culture, right? New advancements in science, you know, tech. You got to stay on top of it. If you keep in the loop with everything, then your brain stays sharp, you stay young thinking, and you don't you won't even know that you're a hundred. Just gotta adapt. Right? And the other thing is you need to be a guinea pig for everything. I had a friend uh, named Ed Griffin, who I loved. He helped me write my first book. And he lived with cancer in his prostate for almost 20 years because what he did is he was a total conformist. Even though he says he was a, rebel a radical or a rebellion, he wasn't. He was a total conformist, right? He did what he needed to do to stay alive, and he did it for 20 years. And I always remember he would go to the hospital, and he would get these meds, and they would take him down one day, but then he'd feel great for a couple of days and down and up and down. 
But he did that for 20 years, man, fighting cancer. And he lived until finally it got the best of him, maybe about four, four years ago, right? But the secret to him living longer was to conform and to stay in the loop. He did it. And, you know, that was just a lesson for me that, I wa- that if I wanted to live long, I had to do what he was doing, right? And so I'm doing that. And it's a lonely life because, you know, stress, people, situations, they take me down. And I need, I want to live a long, happy life. So for me, it comes down to hard choices. And that's what it should be for you too. No, no matter what your goal is in life, if it's to live long or it's to live happy, you know, make that decision and do whatever it takes to get there. Don't let people or pandemics or anything slow you down. There's no point. You have one life to live. It's a very long life. And you can make it longer if you want. You can make it shorter if you want to. But the key is, is to do it your way. And if you do that, you will find the success at some point that you're looking for. If you want to see the next level of life, conform and follow science and tech. Because that really is going to be your only choice after this little evolutionary period that we have. Join us each week on High Phrase uh, for a talk this week. We're going to be talking about uh, Donald Trump, and we're going to talk about why Japanese men are 40 and 50 and still living at home. And that's not a big stretch for some 40, 50-year-olds here in North America either. Please don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and also hit us up on any one of the social media networks and Let's start a conversation. We always love to talk to people. We always like people with great ideas. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mike and Mike. See you again next time.